Let me make a statement that I've made for many, many years. Knowledge of who we are is many times more important than what we do. Knowledge of who we are, and I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking about people who just go out and live in sin. I'm talking to people that are purposing to live for God. Knowledge of who we are is many times more important than what we do. Understanding what Jesus has already done is key to being, obtaining, and receiving all that we should expect. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I want to start out by reading John chapter 8, very familiar passage of scripture, but I want to really dig into it a little bit today. To the Jews who had believed him. Now in your notes, underline that word believe. Because there's really a lot of people that believe Jesus. Oh, they don't all believe that he's Messiah. They don't all believe he's prophet. They don't all believe that he's king of kings, Lord. They don't all believe those things. But they all believe that he was a great teacher. They all believe different things. So underline that if you would, please. That they believe. But listen what Jesus said, because I want you to underline this. Understand, he's talking to those that have given their lives. This, he's actually talking to those who have believed on him, believe he's the Messiah. Underline, underline this. If you hold to my teaching, if you hold on to what I'm teaching, if it becomes part of your life so much so that it has changed your life, listen what it says the next line, then you're really my disciples. That word disciple means an, an adherent. It means somebody who not only mimics, but listen to me, becomes what his leader is. No, I'm not talking about they don't morph into something. I'm talking about the words that they said in Acts chapter 7. In the book of Antioch, where they very, very first called Christians. It might be chapter 19. They were first called Christians in Antioch. Why? Because they thought Jesus was there with them, and he wasn't. It all went on. It all was as if the Lord was right there doing the same thing. And they called them Christians. Christ-like. That's what it means. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you're my disciples. And then, I have it underlined in your notes already. Then, you will know the truth. That word know 
Actually, better means understand. It will become a part of your understanding. And you will be set free. In your notes, I want to back up for a second. I think, I think I left this in your notes. When you and I lose hope of doing better, then we lose everything that makes life worth living. If all there is is the hope of living and dying, then life is short lived at best. Understand, we usually get out of life what we expect. There was a great artist that was once asked, what is the best picture that you have ever painted? And the man very quickly and very confidently said the next one. Another artist that was in earshot of him began to lament. He said, man, and too bad I, I failed. Because though he was at the height of his glory, he said these words, I've lost any hope of improvement. You and I as Christians have this insatiable drive and desire that was placed within us. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but the psalmist said that if we delight ourselves in God, He will give us the desires of our heart. And immediately we transition that thought and says, Oh man, that red Corvette, that's my desire. Come on, God. That's not what he's talking about. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Literally, let me read into that passage from the original language. says, if the Lord becomes your delight, his desires will become your heart. Let me say it again. If the Lord becomes your delight and mine, his desires will become your heart. This painter said, I have no hope of improvement, while the other painter said, my next one's my best one. And you know what happens when he finishes his next one? His next one will be his best one. You know why? He knows there's more to life than just painting and brushes. He knows there's more than living and dying. He says, I got the hope of excellence. I've got the hope of fulfillment. I've got the hope. And he has that because he understands the only one that can stop his productivity sits in his chair. The only one that can stop you and I from going forward sits in our chair. So let's go back to our text. To the Jews who believed on him, Jesus said, If you hold this teaching, then you're my disciples. And it's holding on to it, taking a hold of it, and applying it to your life that you will begin to understand the truth, and the truth you understand will truly set you free. See, God wants to give us understanding to enable our expectations. Let me make a statement that I've made for many, many years. Knowledge of who we are is many times more important than what we do. Knowledge of who we are, and I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking about people who just go out and live in sin. I'm talking to people that are purposing to live for God. Knowledge of who we are is many times more important than what we do. Understanding what Jesus has already done is key to being, obtaining, and receiving all that we should expect. Let's jump into Proverbs 2 for a second. 
For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. In your margin or someplace in your notes, write, write this, this statement. Knowledge guided by understanding is the beginning of wisdom. This is what Solomon's writing. He says, when you have a knowledge of who he is and an understanding of what he's done for you, in you, and what's to do through you, then you can begin to live a life of wisdom. Let me say it again. Knowledge guided by understanding is the beginning of wisdom. So let's read it again. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And listen to this. He holds victory in store for who? For you and I. It's already ours. He holds that for you and I. He is the shield to those who walk blameless, whose walk is blameless, rather. For he guards. Look at that. He holds the victory. He is the shield. And he stands guard the course of the just, protecting the way of his faithful ones. What is the, psalm, what is the proverb writer saying there? God has the ability to get you where you're going. But if we don't know that because we don't know him, and we don't understand that because we have not grabbed a hold of what he has already done before, what he is doing now, and what he promised to do, then we'll never have the wisdom to throw our lives in the midst of that. Am I making sense this morning? Listen to what he goes on to say. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Folks, if you ever want to see me make a mistake, follow me for about five minutes. And that's stretching it. Okay? God will do what is just and fair and right. I try as a pastor in the birthing of this church in all that I've done, in all that I've been, as a pastor, I've tried to lay down my life for everybody in every situation, every circumstance, for one purpose and one purpose alone, because it ain't for my glory. I love you, but ain't none of you worth my glory. Oh, man, I'm getting people upset. But why? Because my glory would do it a whole lot easier. My glory would find an easier road to make it happen. Yours would too, wouldn't it, Bill? My glory would say, hey, bow down and worship me now. But God says he does everything rightly, justly, and fairly. And from this, look what it says. From this you will find the right way to go. Why? Because wisdom has entered your heart and knowledge now fills you with joy. Wise choices watch over you. Why? Because you understand that he keeps you safe. There's, there's, there's so much in that 
four passages of Scripture. Abraham Lincoln said some very incredible words. And I think this is true in the church today. We've forgotten the gracious hand which has preserved us in peace and has multiplied, enriched, and strengthened us and have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue that we have somehow obtained ourselves. When the Bible says this very plainly, come from God. And because, as Abraham Lincoln says, because we... Forget the gracious hand of God because we don't understand that everything that sets before us is what He is doing. Everything that sets behind us is what He has done. And everything that, he, that is setting down the road is what He is going to do as we yield ourselves to Him. We grab the knowledge Guided by understanding, we live a life of wisdom. And this is what happened to Israel, why they started falling apart. Because as I, I used this scripture the last, in our first session, yes, again and again, the psalmist wrote in the 78th chapter, they tempted God and they limited God because they did not remember the day of his power, the day of of his redemption. Because of God's wisdom, you and I can expect to grow in God's hands and be blessed to know God is moving in our lives. Because we know God's wisdom, and the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ and we can know God's wisdom, because of that, we can understand that God is doing what God said he would do and God is accomplishing what God said he would accomplish. That's why we can read a chapter like Jeremiah chapter 29 and where it says that I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. We can read a chapter like Romans 8, 28 where it says that I know God works all things together for the good. Why do I understand that? Is because God has placed that expectation in my heart. And if I will not limit him by forgetting what he's already done, I will see accomplished all that he promised. Why? Look what it says there. He holds victory in store. He is the shield. He is the guard. And he will protect the very way that I'm walking. Can someone say amen? amen. So let me say it again. Knowledge guided by understanding is the beginning of wisdom. Let's go back to our text. To the Jews who believed in him, if you will hold on to that belief, regardless what the world brings in, regardless what circumstance, regardless, you know how many people are going to be mad at God over what happened in Connecticut? You know how many people are going to blame God? I mean, I see my, my Facebook page and, and uh, emails were just l less lambasted with, with the things. Well, where's God in the middle of all of this? And then I love the little cute things that, that they send out that, that said, well, you know, it was the school. And, and I was kicked out of school 60 years ago. So I couldn't do anything. Now, we understand that that's not fully the case. We should understand that. 
But if we don't too hold on to that teaching, hold on to that reality of who Jesus was, is, and is to come, then we too could slip out of that understanding of truth. We too could slip away from being that disciple. Because he said, if you hold, then you will know the truth. Then you will understand. Hebrews chapter 4. The writer is writing and saying, we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as many others did. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Now let me stop there before you read the rest. How could anything of preaching be of no value to somebody? You see, as Christians, we look at it completely different. We know that every morsel of this is life. It is breath. The Bible said it is water that will never thirst again. It is bread that will never be hungry again. How could it ever be without value? And the writer answers the same question. He said, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. They did not combine it with an understanding that it's by grace. Everything that we have comes to play. And it's faith in the grace of God that enables us to be overcomers in all things. Can I hear you say amen? God's children, you and I must believe that God will do what he said he would do. But he wants us to begin to expect from understanding what he has already done again and again. Look at what it says in Daniel 11. The people that know their God. What is the key to this verse? They know their God. What's it say? They will carry out great exploits. Because they go to victorious life. Because they go to grace fellowship. Because they go to Christ. No, because they know their God. They will carry out great exploits. As we trust in Christ, the Lord never promised events like Connecticut would not happen. The Lord never promised events like China. But let me step away from the kids. Korea just fired their first interballistic missile that can reach the mainland. Successfully. America just sent 400 batteries of Patriot missiles to Turkey. Under the guise that they can stand against Syria. All around the world there are, there are, there are crazy things that are happening, that are going to disrupt. I was talking to somebody in church the other day, say, Pastor, you know, it's kind of interesting. You talked about the sounds and stuff during the end time series and, and play the video and stuff and said, but nothing ever got at home. How many know about all the sounds in Camp Verde last week? All over. And you know the interesting thing? They were heard at the exact same time all around the world. These booms. And they still don't know what it is. 
The Bible says the earth is moaning and groaning, waiting for that day. Because the earth doesn't like its predicament. You see, we have to live under a curse because of sin. We're not cursed. But the Bible says the God of this world is in charge of things. Under the hand of God, he can't do anything God doesn't allow. But understand, the Bible says that God cursed the ground because of Adam and Eve. And the earth ain't liking it one bit. But they knew, it, the earth knew it was for a time. Folks, we have to hold to the teaching with great expectation that God never promised smooth sailing, but it promised a safe landing in heaven. All that we face, all the different issues that we cannot explain, we must remember that the peace of God never promised an absence of problems. It simply gave us the confidence that knowing God in the midst of it, we can understand what is going on in the world. Therefore, live a life of wisdom, of certainty, of assertion that God is doing exactly what God said he would do. Can somebody in this place say amen? Let me bring this to a close today. To expect what we haven't, we have to begin to understand what we have. Revival in a person's heart is not something that we reach out for. It's something we humble ourselves and return back to. We put our ways and our desires and our thoughts and our ambitions out of the way. Lamentations chapter 3. Jeremiah is writing, and he is pretty bumfuzzled at the world. He said things, yeah, I don't know what that word means. Just don't look it up. It might scare you. <laughs> don't, Andrew, don't look it up. Okay. I asked somebody to look up, for, look up a word, and I went and looked it up later, and I'm glad they didn't go look it up. It was, I'm not using that word anymore. But he was, he was pretty bothered. What he was doing, he was looking at the wicked being blessed. The wicked seemingly having no problems. All of these different things. And you can read in Lamentations 3, as he is just, he is just melaying God with all of these irritations, these concerns. These, you know, just like David and the other psalmist did at different times. You know, it's okay to get mad at God. It's just not okay to stay mad at God. Because he wins. Look at Lamentations. I remember my afflictions and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. And he said, because of it, my soul is downcast within me. You see, what, saw, what uh, Jeremiah is doing, he's coming to the grips of all the complaints that he's putting forth of the world. And he's saying, you know what? I was kind of just like that. Until you got a hold of me. 
And then he goes to this. Remember the painter we talked about earlier? He said, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. He said, yeah, the best days aren't behind me. Ladies and gentlemen, our best days are ahead of us. I, I don't think you got that. Our best days are not behind us. Our best days are ahead of us. He said, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Why? Because the Lord's great mercy, because of his great love, I'm not consumed. Because his compassions will never fail. Every morning they are brand new. And his faithfulness is great. And listen what he does. He goes back to Proverbs. Though there wasn't a Proverbs at the time. He goes back to John. Though there wasn't a John at the time. And he says, I understand that the Lord is my portion. The Lord holds my shield. The Lord holds my victory. The Lord holds my promises. And my wisdom has to say, I understand that. That I'll have the knowledge that all the stuff is happening, too, will pass. Therefore, I will wait on him. That word wait means I will keep living my life without the concerns of what's going on around me because I know it's in him that I stand. For the Lord is good to those who do what I just said in him. To the ones who seek him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Micah chapter 6. Actually, Matthew 6 first. Let me do that. The Bible talks about you and I obeying. 1 Samuel 15 says to obey is better than to sacrifice. A lot of religions in the world, they sacrifice hoping to get in right graces with God. When God says, no, just obey. Matthew 6 says, seek first God's kingdom, His righteousness, and if you read the verses just before 31 and 32, it talks about all the things the world's seeking after. He said, if you'll seek me first, my kingdom, my righteousness, all the stuff the world wants, he said, I'll take care of. And look what he says in the 34th verse. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough problems. Set your eyes on today. Set your eyes on today. In Micah chapter 6, we find a similar discourse as with Jeremiah and Lamentations. And listen what the Lord is speaking here to the people of Israel. And he says, the Lord has a case against his people. He's lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? God is asking that question. Why don't you believe me? Why don't you hold to my teachings? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you yield yourself? He says, how have I burdened you as I'm reading on here? Answer me. You hear the, 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 the laborious cry of the Lord trying to get the attention of his people? He says, I brought you up out of Egypt. I redeemed you out of the slavery. Let me take you here. God says, I brought you up. 
out of the slavery of drugs. I delivered you from the bondage of alcohol. I have lifted you high above the muck and mire of the travesties of this world. How have I placed a burden upon you? He said, I even sent leaders to you. I sent Moses, Aaron, Miriam, to take a people that weren't a people, to take them to a nation that wasn't a nation, that a people could become a nation. I took you from a land of bondage into a promised land. I've built everything that is something from nothing. Do you hear the cry here? Do you hear the discourse of the Lord? That you may know what I want to do for you, the righteous acts, the blessings I want to bestow upon you. And listen to how Israel responds. Just like many of us, they start making excuses. Well, God, what do you want from us? How do you want us to bow down and worship you? Do I need to bring a bunch more burnt offerings or thousands of rams or 10,000 rivers of oil? Oh, I got it, God. Do you want my firstborn? Because of this sinful soul that I am? But look in your notes. And I've shortened it all, but in your notes, look at it. He said, I showed you what I want. I just want you to do justly. I want you to love mercy. And I want you to stop, and I want you to walk humbly. See, there is nothing you and I can do that will make a difference to earn God's love. He just wants us to begin to expect because we know him. We understand what he's already done. Therefore, we live our lives accordingly. Let's go back to that verse of Psalm in chapter 37. I quoted it earlier, but we'll read it together now. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him, and he will bring it to pass. Literally, if the Lord becomes your heart, your life, your delight, his heart will become your desire. And God will always bring his plan to pass. Can you say amen? amen. Let's bow our heads. What? No, not yet. Not yet. Give me just a couple more minutes. We're not going to have a big fancy altar call. We're not going to do anything like that. I would love the worship team, Andrew, if you would, if you guys come up and do as well with my soul again. I want to read some things that God thinks about you and me. Is that okay? What God thinks about you and me. Colossians chapter 2. God says, because of me, you're complete. I'm the head over everything, and I've given you authority and power. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, I am alive with Christ. In Romans chapter 8, he says, I am free from the law of sin and death. Do you know this about yourself? Do you know this? Do you understand this? And are you walking this? 
Knowledge? I know this. Guided by understanding. I understand this. It's the beginning of wisdom. Therefore, no matter what hell does against me, I can walk in what I know because I understand. Can somebody say amen? Let me go on here. In Isaiah 54, it says, I am far from oppression. Fear does not come near me. First John says, I am born of God, and the, <coughs> and the evil one cannot touch me. Oh, i got to say that one again. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Amen. Ephesians 1 and 1 Peter 1 says, I am holy. Look, 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 look. You're holy. Not because you're good. Not because you're perfect. Because you became the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you know that? If you understand it, then by wisdom, you will purpose your entire heart to live it. This is the heart of expectation. 1 Corinthians and Philippians say, I have the mind of Christ. Philippians also says, I have the peace of God that passes understand, all understanding. First John says, I have the greater one living in me, greater than he who is in this world. I have received the gift of righteousness, Romans 5 says, because Jesus Christ, the King of kings, reigns and rules in my life. I just went through my Bible a little bit yesterday and I wrote down two pages. And you know what? There's pages of what God thinks of you and me. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.